The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Rhyming there. Anyway, hey, happy Friday before the winter break. I have a break. My kids' break started today, which means I need a break already <laughs> from the break. <laughs> a break to me is sort of like away with my girlfriends, a cocktail, little umbrella, no hubby, no kids, just a little peace and quiet. Uh, anyway, on this Friday, I'm glad we're not going to have peace and quiet because you're going to be educated. You're going to be informed. You're going to enjoy. Scott Paul's back in the house, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. The AAM is a partnership established by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers Union. Now, for over a decade, Scott and the AAM have worked to make American manufacturing a top of mind issue for voters and our national leaders. And you know it's being done because you hear about manufacturing all the time. Made in America, buy in America. And you wouldn't have to buy off containers if you bought, have to worry about containers coming from China if you bought stuff made here and stuff was made here, more stuff. Anyway, they've done this through effective advocacy, innovative research, and a savvy PR strategy. Be sure to check out their website, AmericanManufacturing.org. On Twitter, follow them at Keep It Made in USA. Follow Scott at Scott Paul AAM. Scott, thank you for joining us. Happy Friday before the break and, and good to have you with us, buddy. Hey, Leslie, happy Friday. And I just wanted to say that my wife, Elisa, and your version of vacations align completely. Uh, yeah, there, tell her to email me. We'll set up time, There's visits and then there's vacations and there's separate chunks of time away from work. <laughs> yeah, I know when people say to me, have a good weekend, it's like, <laughs> I'm a chauffeur. I'm an Uber driver that doesn't get paid basically having two teenagers. You know what I mean? Everything, And they don't realize that it's not all about them because I guess it really is right now in their lives. Lucky them, right? <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, I hope you enjoy your family time and then I hope you get a vacation too. Yeah, yeah. At some point, at some point, uh, I, I want to um, I want to talk about the um, AAM's 2021 50 State Made in America Holiday Gift Guide. And the reason I want to talk about this is not only do I share it on Twitter and on Facebook and on email and broadcasting here, I've mentioned it to my colleagues at Fox, and it, it's very, very helpful because if you're going to say we should have more products made here. Well, then you got to support businesses that do make the products here because the big, you know, corporations are going to say, hey, they're buying a lot of stuff. Let's just keep it here, especially because we keep having all these variants, these mutations. COVID's not going away. It doesn't seem we're still not out of the pandemic. So first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for putting this guide together. It's very helpful to me as a consumer and not just for holidays. It's good to like sometimes when it's not Christmas time. Um, I remember I was buying a pair of sunglasses and you would talk to me about sunglasses that were made here. You talked to me about sunglasses that you like. And I've got to be honest, I'm not just saying this because you're here. The company doesn't you know, give me kudos or anything, but best pair of glasses I had to like broke or lost them, whichever, because that I constantly <laughs> have to buy new sunglasses, which is good for those companies. But no, but it's very helpful. And I like to be 
and educated and informed shoppers. Certainly we all buy our share of Amazon gift cards, but someday you're gonna take that gift card, whether yours or somebody else, and gonna go buy that thing you want, that thing that you need. And there is just so much made in the US that people aren't aware of. Um, it, the companies that do make in the US, there, the, there were companies on that list that I wasn't aware were American uh, made companies. You know, Nowadays you, you can't always tell by the name of the company uh, where they come from. Um, so. Um, I want to talk about some of the highlights, seven to be exact, since we're not doing 12 days of Christmas, right? Uh, but seven highlights from uh, your gift guide. Um, and, you know, it's a 50 state made uh, gift guide. So let's talk about some of those states. Yeah, sure. Let's start uh, in the state with the Big Apple is, and that is the state of New York. Uh, there's some very comfortable things there and something everybody needs and wants at the holiday, even if it's not a gift, just to like look good in front of the family on Christmas morning. Yeah. Well, it's a great story, and uh, it's uh, Elizabeth Cotton is the name of the company, um, and and the name of the founder herself is Liz Cotton, and she now has a married name, but her middle name was Cotton, um, so it works out pretty well to be in the fashion business. Yeah. So uh, Liz had been a uh, a fashion designer um, at a big company, and found herself like looking for a comfortable but also kind of like, you know, interesting uh, pair of pajamas to wear to her first visit to her future in-laws and was striking out. And she was like, this is ridiculous. This is a market failure. Um, they're either very high end or very low. There, there wasn't something for her. And so she was like, you know, when I get back, I'm going to start a company and this is what I'm going to do. And so. Well, no, because you're right. As a woman, I can yeah. say your choices are between looking like the brawny paper towel guy or Victoria's Secret model. <laughs> and neither one of them, one right. of them's like a little too revealing. And uh, uh, the other one is sort of like, yeah. uh, you know, why not just wear, a, no a, yeah. no offense to the, the brawny paper towel guy, but you know, to, uh, you know, lumberjack shirts are cool, but we yeah. don't all have to wear flannel lumberjack print pajamas. They have their place. You're right, but not, yeah, exactly. So, um, so, so she, she created this company, uh, and it's been very successful. Um, and uh, called Elizabeth Cotton, and they make, uh, they make uh, good pajamas. Uh, they're, I would say, kind of mid market in terms of uh, price, uh, and they're well reviewed. Uh, I mean, she's gotten some amazing reviews from fashion magazines, um, and she obviously sells direct uh, and uh, made a point of making these uh, making these pajamas in the garment center in New York City, which, you know, okay. a generation ago, so much stuff was made there. And it was the you know center of fashion uh, in the United States. And there's still a lot of fashion designers in New York, but the size of the of the garment district has shrunk a little bit, but there's still this vibrant community there. And I can think of some other designers who still still make in the garment center, uh, but Liz Cotton is one of them. And so it's this great story of uh, of a fantastic entrepreneur who saw a uh, a gap in the market, filled it, and had the intent to make it in the United States. And and she's great. She was part of a digital conference we did a few weeks ago with a few of these makers. And she was like, I love having it in the garment center uh, because if I need to change something, it's literally right there. And it's not 12 hours away via the phone, uh, you know, 12 time zones. Uh, you know, my, my, my products aren't going to get stuck on a boat somewhere uh, and I have quality control. 
Uh, and so it was a great story and um, great gifts for any uh, any woman, uh, whether it's a loved one or someone you want to become a loved one or just a friend who uh, who's in need of some uh, some great, comfy and and fashionable uh, pajamas. Yeah, most definitely. Featured in Vogue and Style, uh, Oprah Magazine, been in the Garment District since 2005, manufactured at the same two family-owned, American family-owned factories. And you're right, one of my favorite pieces of art in New York City is the um, Orthodox Jewish man um, at his sewing machine. Mm -hmm. um, oh. And my, my great-grandfather, was uh, who, who's Jewish, you know, I'm half Jewish, like your kids, yeah. uh, I'm yeah. like, uh, only opposite. It's my father's Jewish, my mother's not. Yeah. But... Um, my great grandfather was a cobbler, um, you know, and so he had a sewing, you know, he, he had a sewing machine, but he had started out as a blacksmith. And then when people stopped using horse and buggies, instead of making shoes for horses, he made shoes for people. So when I see that, I think of him because he was Orthodox and he wore a yarmulke. And uh, I, I just love that. And and it's there because that is you know, and that's a big, big part of our history as a nation textiles, right? Manufacturing and textiles in the garment district. It's just, uh, it's a beautiful story. And it's nice to hear this because, you know, hopefully there can be a resurgence uh, yeah. there. And she's uh, one of the companies to start that. It's Absolutely. awesome. And obviously, it's never going to look like it did in the 50s or the 40s or whatever. You know, there's lots of input. But, but the, the point that, that Liz makes and that others make is that there should at least be a choice. If you want an American-made option that's high quality, you should be able to have one. And, and right. they feel so passionately about that. And it's just, it's amazing to see. Okay. So guys, Elizabeth Cotton is the name of the uh, pajama company. You want American made pajamas, buy them there. And, you know, uh, pajamas are a great gift because everybody, you know, everybody pretty much needs, you know, a new pair every year or so, right? <laughs> Especially if you wear them over and over and over. Um, we have, I've just been chatting too much. So uh, we will continue our list. We're going to take a break when we come back. Um, we're going to uh, talk about some other states and things made in states like Washington, Arkansas, Colorado, uh, and uh, others. Uh, Scott is also a consumer of some of these products and can attest not just about the company and the ownership of the products themselves. And we'll talk about that with Scott Paul and more right after this. In the meantime, check out the website. You can find the AAM's 50 State 2021 Made in America Holiday Gift Guide. The neat thing about this is you can buy products from any state online. But if you happen to live in the state and near um, these companies, if they have a storefront, why not go in and show support to your local neighbor who is an American-made small business owner. Help them out, especially in light of this pandemic. Go to the website, AmericanManufacturing.org on Twitter. Follow them at Keep It Made in USA and follow Scott at Scott Paul AAM. Back after this. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Welcome back, Scott Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Paul AAM. Follow the AAM at Keep It Made in USA. Speaking of Keep It Made in USA, we're talking about highlights, seven to be exact. We just finished one from AAM's 2021 50 State Made in America Holiday Gift Guide. You have got to check this out. It's very helpful and it's great to support companies that have local American-made goods. We talked about Elizabeth Cotton, pajamas in the state of New York. Uh, Scott, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Let's go to um, Seattle, Washington now, or Washington State, um, and talk to us about a Seattle native there um, who has a company that is definitely growing because when I saw this, I knew this company, and I, I'm not oh. a big 
Uh, I don't own a lot of candles, but I definitely think they make great gifts, and I love to smell them at stores. So tell us uh, about this uh, this candle company, Suki's Candles. Well, first candle. of all, that's so great that you know it. It's uh, Suki's Candles. Uh, I do. I do. When I saw it, I swear to God, when I saw it, I'm like, I know that company, you know, because so awesome. some people just know Yankee or some of the other, you know, names that are more prevalent. Yeah. So, so Suki Jefferson is the founder of this. And again, we had, we had an event a couple of weeks ago and, and she was a part of it. And, um, and, and her products are amazing that lots of different aromas. She experiments with them. She, she does vegan soy based candles. They're all made in Seattle. Um, she has a partnership, uh, now with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, and they have an official, scent which is not locker room leslie it is <laughs> good like, to know this first smell um so uh, so she's she's a great entrepreneur and she's one of these people her story is interesting she had no background in candles or anything like this but she was a do-it-yourselfer okay and, and she had like made soap and uh, and then she started making candles and uh and she's like you know i'm pretty good at this um and her friends encouraged her to do it and so she had been in la and then move back to Seattle, and this company is growing. They sell direct. They're also in uh, in dozens of stores around the country now, and she has these these great local partnerships as well. Um, and so, again, what a great gift for someone who, if you know they like a certain aroma or think they will, um, it's a very thoughtful uh, gift uh, with a with a reasonable price point. Too yeah. The, the other thing is a few things. And, you know, here in L.A., it, it definitely matters and it matters in other places. Um, these are vegan soy candles. Yeah. And a lot of people like soy candles because um, they're not as harmful to the environment. They're actually not as harmful to us either. There are no toxins, additives, dyes or pollutants. Uh, she's traveled the world, takes uh, scents from places like Brazil and Tanzania. And we got to mention one of the black owned businesses. Yes. Um, yeah. And they may do made to order. Like, you know, so if you want your uh, your own center, you want to combine stuff, they do. They do made to order. So I love it. <laughs> I, as a matter of fact, I wrote down during the break her company because I have a couple of gifts left and I'm definitely going to her website. All right. Well, um, glad you could help. It may not make it in time for Christmas, but at least we could try. Right. Let's head to Arkansas. There's a Swedish company. Um, and, uh, they're an international manufacturer, but they actually, Hey, somebody from Sweden is making products in America, right? They have a production yeah. facility in, right in Nashville in our, in, uh, Nashville, Arkansas, not Tennessee. Yeah. So, uh, Husqvarna is, you know, I guess if you're a chainsaw aficionado, you might know Husqvarna, but I did not know this one. Pro I will be probably, honest. probably, a, an unfamiliar brand for a lot of folks, but yeah, they, they have a manufacturing facility in the United States, um, uh, in in uh, Nashville, Arkansas, and they 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 not only make uh, electric mowers; these electric mowers are automated, and so they're like Roombas, and so for for your lawn, and so instead of cleaning your floor like a Roomba does, uh, you just set it loose and it cleans your your you know it, hey, it mows your lawn. Scott, for those people that are off today and they're do, they're doing happy hour earlier and they're on the recliner listening to us. Somebody just got off the recliner who has a big yard. They're like a Roomba. I don't have to sit on that thing or I don't have to push my mower around. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. They, they can sit back in their chair with their with their beer and they can watch their lawn being mowed by uh, by a Husqvarna. It's a it's a it's a pretty I want cool one just to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that yeah, that's good. It's a, a great gift for uh, the, those people that have everything. Or if you're a kid wanting to buy something for you know your parents, especially your dad, 
uh, right? You know, that's something that could be helpful. Or an entrepreneurial kid who wants to mow lawns and get paid for it, but uh, doesn't want to schlep around all the time. So you can yeah, so they, he can he he can watch uh, uh, Instagram and uh, TikTok while he is getting paid for it, right? <laughs> I want to go to Colorado. Um, this is a company I've also heard of. Yeah, and um and and the reason how my my husband is an athletic guy like you. Um, and this uh, company is called Polar Bottle. I understand you own multiple bottles, so you can make a, uh, you know, you can have a consumer view, not just the, you know, president of AAM view. Um, this is this is really a good gift for people who ride bikes. I know you do, and other people who are weekend warriors outdoors. Great, great for uh, stowing in your hiking backpack or on your bike. Um, the <laughs> Polar Bottle are uh, plastic, but they're BPA free. They're made sustainably in Boulder, Colorado. They have been for a couple of decades. I, I you know, they're they're often stocked in uh, outdoor and sports stores. Like uh, I, you know, in in REI, at least the last time I looked, you could you could find them there. That's uh, where I've seen uh, them. Yeah, and you can find them other places. They are they are well designed, well built. They're durable. Um, they're really cool. They're they're proudly made in Colorado, and and they make a big point about that. Uh, and so, Is it, isn't it true that not just are they made, but all of the parts, everything involved in that bottle, um, yeah, are made in bo- Boulder? If even if they yeah. don't have something made in Boulder or Colorado, they still use American-made yeah. and American-sourced parts, right? Yeah, it, it it is. It's all domestic. It's uh, and you know they they have sustainable processes. And yes, it is plastic, but it is something that is durable, that is recyclable. Uh, in the event you find you no longer need it. And I just know, you know, my one of my sons plays soccer and he's had multiple generations of polar bottles throughout, you know, st- and it's just, we have a, we, we have a whole cabinet uh, of them. They're again, great. And, and if you happen to own like a small business or something like that, you can, you can customize them uh, as, as well uh, and, and, and get some branding on them. So it's a, Again, a kind of a cool gift, particularly for someone, Leslie, as you noted, who is is an outdoors person or uh, likes to bike. Um, I, yeah, I, and if you can personalize them and put your name on them, it's great for the yeah. kids going to school, right? Especially right. when we've got a pandemic <laughs> and we don't want them sharing things, right? So it's right. a great one. Let's go to District of Columbia. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Uh, these are holiday cards. This is very unique um, yeah. because they actually use... Uh, their their talent pool includes homeless men and women. This is this just amazing. This floored me when I read it. I didn't know yeah. about this. Yeah, this is a remarkable story, um, and it's called uh, S- Second Story uh, Cards, uh, and it is DC based. Uh, and DC, like a lot of metro areas, has an unfortunately a large number of people who are unhoused, and um, and and so the the entrepreneurs behind this company. Uh, reached out, and uh, a, a lot of the the unhoused are are, gift, are, are, are gifted in terms of their artistic design, uh, and so it is a it's a really nice synergy. Um, and you can find these cards. It's cool. There's there's like a made in DC shop, uh, and they have them. They're, they're like for tourists and for locals at different parts around the city. Um, but they're featured there. You can buy them direct. I know when my mother-in-law first saw this, this is the first thing she went to and, and got a bunch of because she's, right. a, she's a note writer, but she's like, what a great story behind this. And, and not just that, 15% um, of each sale, 15% 
um, go to the uh, you know unhoused individual. But 10% of all profits donated to homeless-focused nonprofits. It's just amazing. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up our list of seven, and we're going to talk about some other things because it's the 20th anniversary of China's WTO ascension. And we'll talk more about that and hear your statement as president of the AAM. Scott Paul, president of the AAM, back after this. Go to their website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Check out that list of made in American companies and products if you've got some more Christmas shopping to do. We'll be back. We are back, we being Leslie Marshall and our guest Scott Paul, president of the AAM, the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Um, They have a great AAM 50 state 2021 made in America holiday gift guide. We're talking about seven of the highlights, seven states that have some great companies there. And we certainly wish you would check it out. Do so. Go to their website, AmericanManufacturing.org. Also follow them on Twitter at Keep It Made in USA. Uh, Scott, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Uh, Let's head to the state of Indiana in the Midwest. And uh, in, in Indiana um, is uh, in another city that is in another state, but it's, it, it sounds another state, and that's Syracuse, not New York, Syracuse, uh, Indiana. Uh, tell us um, what they make there and uh, what company does it. Yeah, and it's not Hollywood, it's Hollywood. Yeah, I saw that. It's <laughs> the name of the company, so... So yeah, as as a Hoosier native, I I, um, I I know Syracuse well. It's it's in the nor- northern part of Indiana, um, but th- this is a cool company with a great story. They take uh, plastic uh, that was destined for the trash, uh, and they reuse it, uh, and they make these beautiful, durable pieces of outdoor furniture. Um, they have chairs, chase lounges, um, Adirondacks, gliders, a lot of stuff in very vivid colors, I will say. And I, I, I'm just thinking back a couple of years ago uh, when, when we moved into our new home, we were looking to, uh, to get some, some Adirondack chairs for an outdoor area. And I, I mentioned this and, and we, we found some, some beautiful, vivid uh, red and blue, uh, red and blue chairs. And they were so cool. Uh, and I love that it's sustainable, uh, that this is stuff that would have gone, uh, into a landfill somewhere, uh, but, but can be reused. Uh, and I love that it's made in America, uh, as well. And like all the companies on this list, and you're right, you're running out of shipping time before Christmas, but you know, none of the, none of these companies have supply chain bottlenecks because they're all, in the United States, they're not in a shipping container. Say that again, Scott. No supply chain bottleneck. Are you listening, That's America? Right. No supply chain bottleneck. You want to get yeah. something and get it actually overnight when you order it and pay for it overnight? You can go. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's a, uh, but, but, but what a great story from a sustainability uh, and from just a creativity. Uh, point of view, just some some really cool stuff there, Leslie. And and actually, it's so funny you say that. Uh, a few years back, I live in a high wind area. Today, as a matter of fact, my uh, chairs outside are blown all over the place. Ooh. And um, it's better to have plastic than wood because wood smashes and you get splinters and you know things like that. But um, in in it in it for me, you know, especially if you're going to have them, you know, reuse, you know, make these, you know, because they're they're you know being you know environmentally aware and you know conserving. Um, it, really hard to find like nice colors. Right. Yeah. You know, when, when you're looking yeah. for Adirondack. So it's interesting that you meant, mentioned the colors. Everybody should check it out. When I saw the name, I looked at it. I hadn't heard of them. 
really nice stuff, yeah. you know, and uh, you don't, not everybody thinks, oh, this is something recycled, you know, let's uh, head last on our list of seven to Mississippi. Um, a lot of people watch uh, Ben and Aaron uh, Napier on HGTV. I am with somebody who watches not them, but I do like some HGTV. Um, and uh, they're dedicated to made in America products. Uh, tell us about the product that they like uh, in a Mississippi shop. Yeah, so they, you know, for anybody who watches HGTV and knows their show hometown, know that they, you know, renovate these old houses in Laurel, Mississippi, and I think they're doing town takeovers now on another show as well to yeah to, to do some renovations. Um, I've had the opportunity to chat with them a couple of times, um, and they have a they have a whole retail store called Laurel Mercantile, which has a physical location in in Laurel but also an online presence. And, and you can think of it as a sundry store, Leslie. They have everything. They have kitchenwares. They have uh, room scents. Um, they, have, uh, they have wall hangings. Um, they have so much stuff. Uh, and, and they make a point, and I've talked to Ben about this in particular. He's a craftsman, and he really does yes. value uh, the, the Made in America aspect of all of this. And, and he said they've been approached by lots of folks who want to uh, uh, license their merchandise and make it in China, and they've said no to them. They, they believe very strongly uh, in this, and, and so uh, it's, it's a store. And I promise anyone who looks at it is going to find something. You're going to say, "Oh yeah, I, I, I know, a, I know a gift to give exactly for this person." Uh, there's just a remarkable amount of stuff there with a little bit of Southern charm uh, added in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things I have to say that I like and I commend them, they uh, I had read had the opportunity to, you know, go big or make more money and design things and renovate things outside of their community. And and the whole reason they started this is they wanted to beautify their neighborhood. And, mm -hmm. and you know, and, and Laurel is their town. And that's what they yeah. want to do. And they help people uh, locally. And, and that's nice because uh, it's tempting, right? We all know it's tempting uh, to get big and to go really big. Uh, that's a great list. Uh, there's so many more, and I hope people check it out on the website, like I said. Um, you know, th this past Saturday marked the 20th anniversary of China's official entry into the World Trade Organization. Um, it's an ominous anniversary uh, for America's working class. Um, there was that China shock leading to millions uh, of lost jobs, tens of thousands of closures of factories like those in the garment district and uh, devastated uh, communities, industrial communities throughout the country. Um, but you say, as president of the AAM, that with the right policy, this anniversary can also mark a turning point. I, I want to read um, what you said, Scott, if it's OK, and then, you know, you can talk about it. It's common nowadays to point out how badly America's political elites got China's entry into the WTO wrong, but it's astounding to reflect on just how wrong they were. We were told that China would open its market to U.S. companies to sell their products. Instead, China has largely left its markets closed, and those who are able to do business there must hand over their intellectual property in return. We were told that China would play by the rules of global trade. Instead, time and time again, China has broken those rules, largely without consequence, costing millions of American jobs. Um, you go on and on and on. I want to stop there and I'm going to continue because I want people to hear what you said. I want to touch upon that. I, I want to talk about uh, China opening its market to U.S. companies to sell their products, uh, how they left the market closed, how they broke the rules, how there aren't consequences and the, the, the end result, which are, like you said, the, the cost of American jobs, millions. Yeah, yeah. This decision, uh, you know, 20 years ago, that both leaders in Beijing made, but also global leaders to uh, permit China to the kind of the, 
the, the, the community of, uh, of nations that are supposed to follow global trade rules. Um, you know, I was skeptical at the time, I will say, Leslie. I didn't think it would work. Uh, I, I still have a big poster that says no blank check for China because mm-hmm. that's kind of what it was. And that's what it ended up being, unfortunately, is that, you know, the, the, China, the Chinese Communist Party had these growth ambitions uh, and they were able to carry them out when they got basically tariff-free access to a lot of markets, including the United States, um, and uh, broke the rules along the way, uh, still have massive government subsidies for their industries, still do a lot of what's called dumping in trade parlance, where they uh, sell products at below cost in, in foreign markets um, uh, to capture market share. And, uh, and unfortunately, what that means is that factories close down in those countries and, and workers are left without jobs. We estimate in the United States alone, something like 3.7 million workers uh, in manufacturing lost their jobs uh, as a result of this. This was a, a huge swath of American manufacturing when you consider there's like 12 or 13 million people employed in it. That's just a stunning loss of capacity, tens of thousands of factories as well. And unfortunately, everybody missed this uh, from a national political level. Um, you know, Clinton was all for this. Bush was all for it. Uh, Obama, kind of naive about his approach, uh, and and um, you know Trump tried a few things, uh, you know, kind of flailed around a little bit. At the time, Biden, uh, twenty years ago, was wrong about this. I, I think he's woken up, and we can certainly talk about that. But but there, for, at, a, at a national political level, everybody got this wrong. Yep. I want to continue. You said we were told that China would liberalize moving from a planned economy and authoritarian state to a free market and a democracy. And instead, China's used central economic planning to dominate global industries and is now exporting its totalitarian model around the world. People are arguably less free, so true, in China now than they were 20 years ago. Something that is certainly true in places like Hong Kong and Shenzhen, where China's government is overseeing a genocide. Yes, it was a mistake for the U.S. to vote to allow China to join the WTO, but while we can't go back to 2001, we can be Begin to right the wrongs of 20 years ago. Um, and you talk about leaders in Washington. You say leaders in Washington, including President Biden, lawmakers on Capitol Hill, must now respond with a smart industrial policy to help the U.S. compete globally. And you go on. How can we right those wrongs? Yeah. And you have less than a minute, but we can let you continue after the I, break. I, uh, you know, it takes a combination of getting our own house in order. Infrastructure was part of that, becoming more competitive, uh, boosting in industries of the future like semiconductors. Uh, electric vehicles, lithium-ion batteries, all very smart things to do. It seems the Congress and the president want to get it done. Infrastructure is done. Uh, That's good. We also need to hold China accountable. And we're stronger when we have other nations with us. And that's what Trump missed. So you have Europe, you have Japan, you have the United States. If we can get an alliance that leans on China a little more, uh, we we can insulate ourselves against some of this economic damage as well. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back. We'll continue to talk about this and other issues. Like I said, uh, Scott is president of the AM. The AM folks have put together a great uh, 50 state 2020, 2021 Made in America holiday gift guide. Check it out at AmericanManufacturing.org. Also, at Keep It Made in USA. Follow them on Twitter. We'll be back after this. 
We are back. Scott Paul is our guest president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Please check out their website, AmericanManufacturing.org, and you can check out their 50-state 2021 Made in America holiday gift guide. It's very helpful. Support American-made products and American-made businesses. Um, and uh, Keep It Made in USA, at Keep It Made in USA on Twitter. You follow them there. More information as well. And follow Scott. A lot of information on his site as well, at Scott Paul, AAM. Uh, speaking of information, we were speaking with Scott about the uh, 20th anniversary of China's uh, WTO World Trade Organization ascension. Um, and you were talking about uh, before the break, um, you know, how we can uh, build back our working class, how we can chart the course for an American made uh, future. Um, can you can you tell us because um, I, I know there are some key facts and I want to hear some of those um, about the US China relationship since that time since 20 uh, since 2001. Um, you know, jobs that were lost, uh, the trade complaint complaints, how many of those that have been uh, filed against it uh, and against them. Uh, the list just goes on. Can you share some of those with us, Scott? I'd be happy to. And and I'd also point out that there's been obviously a human cost to all of this. Right. You mentioned internally the oppression of minorities, religious minorities in China has continued against Tibetans, uh, against uh, Uyghurs. Um, democratic norms in Hong Kong were completely eviscerated. Um, and so there's been this stunning kind of authoritarianism, insularity uh, th that's been generated when I think the optimists were like, well, maybe China will democratize as we trade more. Didn't happen. All right. So but but some real numbers here, too. 3.7 million American jobs lost. That's an estimate from the Economic Policy Institute. Uh, we, we've also seen a trade deficit climb into the upper hundreds of millions of dollars. It may one day, hundreds of billions of dollars um, with, 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 uh, with China uh, sometimes. And that's from, it started at a, at a fairly low level 20 years ago. So we've just seen exponential growth uh, in, in the trade deficit. Um, we've also seen 47 unfair trade cases filed by WTO members at the, at the, against China. Uh, during the short time they've been there, and, and given that you know, we, our, we our listeners don't need to know much about the WTO other than know it's dysfunctional, and even to take a case uh, it takes a lot of effort. So the fact that this was done 47 times indicates what kind of a problem uh, there is uh, in terms of like just in the steel sector, uh, which is important from a national security perspective. China rose from being a bit player to now producing 55% of all the steel in the world. This has come at a tremendous cost. We've lost jobs in the United States. Europe has lost jobs as well. We've lost capacity. Um, carbon pollution in China as a result has gone up and up and up. China has been the world's leading emitter of carbon uh, since uh, 2006. Uh, and, and unfortunately, it shows none, you know, no signs of abating. Uh, and so these are not, none of these data are good. I mean, consumers may look around and say, well, I see all sorts of made in China stuff from Walmart or Amazon or whatever. Um, and they may like on some level paying a, a low price for a T-shirt, but it's come at a high cost uh, and it will come at a high cost to them because it's meant wages have been depressed because when those factory workers are out of work, they join the labor pool. They're joining the competition for those other jobs uh, and that pushes down wages. Uh, and so none of these are positive developments. 
Uh, we need that change in policy. We need to invest here at home. We need a tougher trade policy. Um, I do think uh, President Biden recognizes that. I think the Congress recognizes that on a bipartisan basis now. So at least the only helpful thing in all of this, Leslie, has been there's there's been this flip. The, the U.S. international business community still doesn't understand it. They're, they're still with Beijing, like Nike, Apple, all those companies, still with Beijing. But I think Biden, I think Congress understand this to some degree, some degree, uh, and uh, and can help. They're not going to correct 20 years of, of flaws, but at least they can steer the ship as to as to where it needs to start going. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is blew my mind that in 2018, the total U.S. trade deficit with China was 419.5 billion. And uh, a large uh, amount of that is in two areas, uh, computer and electronic parts. Yeah. Um, you know, j- just amazing. I mean, you know, th- that's if I were a CEO or an entrepreneur, I might be looking at that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunity. The, the problem is for a leader like Tim Cook, uh, you know, who's the head of Apple, it's it's easy for them to produce in China because workers are exploitable. There's no consequences to environmental degradation. Uh, You know, they're you know, they have to make a deal with the Chinese government. Uh, But but once they have that system, that production system, they're kind of addicted to it. Um, And there is another way. There is another way. And and, and it strikes me like particularly for a company like Apple that's so sophisticated, that makes beautiful, functional design, well-designed products. They can't figure out how to do a factory. In the United States, I'm like, come on, give, give me a break. Uh, right. it's, just, it's too easy for them to do this, and there's no cost to them. Uh, and, and so the cost has come to our workers, our communities, the environment, people in China. Um, but if you're an Apple shareholder, if you're Tim Cook, things have been great uh, for them. But the rest of us have been left behind in this relationship, uh, and it's time that we turn that around. Yeah, you had mentioned in the last segment and and just now, you know, you talk about the the people of China, these workers who are also, you know, largely being exploited. China ranks 107th in the Heritage Foundation's Economic Freedom Index. So in in other words, they're mostly unfree. They're not free. You also mentioned the government, right? Um, And 73% of China's non-state-owned companies, that's almost 2 million firms, are under the influence um, of the Chinese Communist Party, you know, so when Americans are like, you know, commie or we hate commie or whatever, right? Well, no, you don't if you're buying stuff made in China because you're buying stuff most likely two thirds of the stuff you're buying pretty much is under the influence. It comes under the influence of the Chinese uh, Communist Party, the CCP. Yeah, and this is an important distinction because this does not happen in the United States. You right. know, th- there, there are big swaths of industry in China that are directly owned by the government, okay? Mm-hmm. And those that aren't, the, the the companies like, you know, you think Alibaba or others are, are now becoming even more heavily influenced by the Chinese government. And they either have ties to China's military uh, or to Chinese Communist Party leaders, uh, or, or, they, or if they had any notions or greater ambitions, they've been reined in by, by Beijing. And, and so, the economy, rather than becoming more market-based, uh, more open, more free, is becoming more centralized, more state-driven, even the private sector firms that, that, that once existed there. And so you, you can't, and I'm just saying, if you're, not, if you're an American entrepreneur, uh, if, if you're a productive American worker, 
You can compete on a level playing field. You're happy to. But that's not a level playing field. Would you have the massive power of the state behind you? Uh, that you don't have to make a profit. That's not your motivation. And if you're just after market share, you can undercut the competition. And and that doesn't do anybody good. And and they're adding a tremendous amount of carbon uh, into the atmosphere yes. uh, as, as they've grown their industrial behemoth here. So we have a lot of work to do, Leslie. Yeah, when you talk about the environment, they're the world's largest annual greenhouse gas emitter. Uh, they've held that rank since 2006. Their energy-related emissions have increased by more than 80% between 2005 and 2019. Ours, in comparison, have fell, thankfully, by over 15%. Um, and uh, also, talk to us about intellectual property theft by Chinese yeah. firms. One in five North American companies have been victims of this kind of theft, correct? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, which, which again is a stunning number when you consider the, the, yes. the, the, the scope and breadth of this. And there's another estimate that, that, that shows about $600 billion is lost by U.S. companies in this intellectual property theft. And what it means, basically, it, it, one of two things, either it's just being outright stolen, uh, you know, which has happened, or number two, they've had to make joint ventures with Chinese firms, and then the, the technology gets transferred, and then they get shown the door. Uh, and and right. so there are several versions of this, and there's pirating. I mean, if you have a great idea, and this is, I talk to a lot of these entrepreneurs in the United States, if you have a great idea, it, you may you may see it show up on an Alibaba in a month, or, or right. now Amazon. Right. A, you're like, how the heck did someone get that and is right. doing that? And, and you can't reach them. That's the problem. They're, they're you know, the, 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 yes. the competition is in China. And so it's, it's a big problem. Uh, I think there's recognition of this, but we now have to tackle that problem uh, in a very straightforward way. Leslie. Yeah, and when we talk about workers' rights being violated, no guarantee of rights, I mean, they're exposed to physical violence, they're exposed to uh, murder, and that's no surprise. Look at what's happened to over 1.5 million Uyghurs. Um, yeah. I want everybody to check out Scott's piece. He, he's written a great opinion piece on this topic at Newsweek.com. The piece is titled, The U.S. Has Mismanaged China Policy for 20 Years, Time to fix it. Um, uh, can you say in a sentence about the Senate passing legislation to ban imports from China's Xinjiang region? It's a good step in the right direction and a long overdue recognition. And so I'm glad Congress took that step. So now companies have to certify basically that their products weren't made with Uyghur labor. It's going to be very hard for them to do. Yes. And it's bipartisan, correct? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Unanimous in the Senate. How could you, how could, I, I, Marjorie Taylor Greene even, right? Uh, anyway, I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Scott Paul. Have a wonderful holiday. I hope Hanukkah was great for uh, Lisa and the kids and you. Merry Christmas to you and the kids as well. I'm, I'm Leslie Marshall. Check out the website again, AmericanManufacturing.org. Check out that Made in America holiday gift guide for 2021. All 50 states have people that you can help support as American business owners that make their products here in America. Follow him on Twitter at ScottPaulAAM and follow the AAM at Keep It Made in USA.